And I think as parents, um, it's really important for us to learn how to have what I would call fruitful conversations yeah. with our children. And and specifically, it has to do with the way we're communicating with them from the time they're very small. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we aren't having frequent conversations, right. if we're not building that muscle memory, we say that all the time, we um, we're not establishing like this ever important foundation of trust that allows them to feel like they can come to us when things really are difficult, yeah. when they really are struggling with their faith or with any other human challenge that comes with growing up. This episode of Beyond Sunday is sponsored by the Pime Missionaries. The Pime Missionaries are Catholic priests and brothers changing lives and sharing the merciful joy of Christ with those who need it most through the Pime Sponsorships at a Distance program. Become a Pime sponsor today and bring lasting change to the life of a child, youth, person living with disabilities, or a seminarian. Learn about the impact that you can have at pimeusa.org slash 52 sponsorships. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us, striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm your other co-host, Rocky McCormick. Grab a chair and a drink, or maybe three. Take a deep breath. Definitely put away that to-do list. And join us as we talk, laugh, and sometimes cry about our experiences raising Catholic families and discovering God in the everyday moments of our lives. Hey, Nicole. Hey. How are you? Good. Happy anniversary. (gasps) Thank you. Or almost anniversary. Almost anniversary. Almost anniversary. Yes. Sunday is our 19th wedding anniversary. So were you a child bride? (laughs) Right out of high school? Was Russ your high school sweetheart? Actually, yes, he was. Oh, was he really? Yes. Oh. Yes, he actually was. Um, Russ and I met when we when I was seventeen. Okay, and so um, you were a child bride. Yes, we we started dating in high school. We both went to different colleges. Okay, and when we graduated from college, it turned out we still liked each other. Oh, so we thought it would be a good idea to get married. Fantastic yes. idea. Yes, so nineteen years on Sunday. And uh, we saw, we're going to celebrate by booking a trip to Italy for our 20th anniversary. I know you were telling me that, and yes. um, yeah, we're, we're just going to not talk about that. <laughs> now, we went to Italy for our honeymoon. Did so, you? oh, that's nice. I suppose we kicked off the wedding, kicked off the marriage with Italy. Yes, yeah, see, that's the benefit of not being a child bride. You have right. money when you get married. <laughs> when you get married when you're 21, yeah. you no. have to vacation in Michigan for your Fair honeymoon. Fair enough. I would vacation in Michigan for our honeymoon. It is a beautiful state, although I'm not a fan of all the construction. Mm. We'll just leave it at that. Yes. Well, anyway, on your 19th wedding anniversary, you know Webster's defines wedding as the fusing together of two metals. Or wait, maybe that's a Michael Scottism because really, (laughs) really, I know this would be a really cheesy way to get there. I might have been studying dad jokes. I'm not sure. I know Tim will be groaning. I cannot wait to hear about this. Oh, yeah. The the live texting (laughs) as he listens. No. So where I'm going with this, (laughs) there is a point, is that marriage is really the fusing together of three. I know we say that the two shall become one, but really the two become one in the presence of Christ. So it's three. Amen. It's a three for one. Yes. Amen to that. And this Sunday, this coming Sunday, in addition to being our wedding anniversary, Mm -hmm. is the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. There we go. We got there. It took us a minute. I know. But we got we, were, there. we wanted to make sure everybody was following along here. Right. We're, we're getting to the part where we are celebrating the Trinity. We are celebrating three the persons, one God. Yeah. So, first, Nicole, mm-hmm. what is the Trinity? Because it's a mystery. It is a mystery. 
if I told you about the time someone asked me that as I was being recorded. It wasn't live, but like they don't edit the program. And so I was sharing my conversion story for um, the journey home. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, they take like caller questions or whatever. And one of the questions they posed mid-recording with no warning is how would you explain the Trinity That is someone? an interesting question to call in with. Yeah. On the journey home. Yeah, I still call shenanigans. <laughs> And their producer will be like, you really are never going to let me live that down, are you? I'm like, I won't. And now we have added it to our podcast. So there you go, Mr. Producer. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a complicated question. It is. And it is a mystery, right? But I think most of our listeners here have probably Googled this at one point or another (laughs) to maybe discuss it with their children at some point or are thinking about it now. Right. Um, And there are plenty of like... I'm not, dare I say, complicated and totally inaccurate analogies. Yeah, it kind of ranges the spectrum. Metaphors. And, you um, know, everyone comes home with the clover from, like, the clover from first Patrick, grade or whatever. Yes. Yeah, And, like, the three-legged stool. And the, the, the braid. Egg. The egg. I, yeah, there's so yeah, many. there's so many. Um, and, and obviously, we all know that they, they definitely fall short. Um, but I thought this week would be a great time to talk about the way we, as families, are images of the Trinity, how we bear that image to the world. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, because, I mean, the essence of it, it the, the Trinity is, it's the love between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is life-giving, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the Holy Trinity is that relationship between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the central mystery of our faith because it is how God communicates his love to the world. Yes. That yes. was such a Holy Spirit moment right there because that is not in our show notes oh. and certainly not my own words. Oh. Um, but but I think one of the beautiful things is is that it is life-giving. And I, I always fall back on that because I think sometimes people have this image of God, especially our children, Yes, as you know, God is putting down the hammer on the things you can't do because we memorize the Ten Commandments that thou shalt mm-hmm. not. Yes. But he hasn't come to condemn us, mm-hmm. right? He comes so that we might not perish but have eternal life. And so the Holy Trinity is that that relationship of love drawing us into the life of God. Yes. And that's hard, right? Because developmentally, yeah. our kids learn first to avoid well, negative I mean, consequences. You have to, that's, right? that's but, how we grow. Right. Developmentally, the first thing like we I do is I can't explain to... to you why it's good for you not to touch the hot stove. You just need to yeah, not sometimes, touch the hot stove. Yeah, so our initial, right. um, our initial incentive to learn anything is like we, we want to mm-hmm. avoid any type of negative consequence. So that's the first thing we're trying to do is avoid sure. negative things, right? But then as we get older, we we are more open to this abstract thinking and right. this idea that sometimes it's not just about avoiding the bad, but pursuing no. what's good. Right. Yes. So in our little domestic churches, mm-hmm. we're really called to bring forth this message and an opportunity for eternal life um, in the way that we live in the world, in the way we live with each other inside our own houses. Absolutely. And that's really what I kind of want to get to the heart of today. Yeah. yeah, we're called to communicate that grace, that grace of the Holy Spirit, Holy Trinity, which includes the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but we're c- to communicate that grace within our families and through our families to the world. So because we're on the Trinity, what is your three-step program, Nicole, to achieve this mission? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I mean, unless you have, have fun. a three-step program no. per okay. se. Is it a 20-step program? <laughs> Maybe one that's divisible by three? Praise God, no. Okay. Um, no, but like, <laughs> there is no program or product or anything. I think sometimes we do, we wish there were, right? We yes. wish that a life of faith were easy enough that you could product your way into it. Like, if you just follow this guide, mm-hmm. then your children will never leave the church and everyone will get to yes, heaven. Yes, that there's like a perfect formula. Right, mm-hmm. but, but that isn't. Yeah, I didn't do well in chemistry, so we won't get into formulaic equations or anything. No. But but there isn't. Yeah. Um. But we're not really left without 
instruction or help or wisdom on how Christ calls us to bear witness to this in our homes mm-hmm. and in the world, even though there's not like a super three-step fix. Yes, that's true. And I think as parents, um, it's really important for us to learn how to have what I would call fruitful conversations yeah. with our children. And and specifically, it has to do with the way we're communicating with them from the time they're very small. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we aren't having frequent conversations, right. if we're not building that muscle memory, we say that all the time, we um, we're not establishing like this ever important foundation of trust that allows them to feel like they can come to us when things really are difficult, yeah. when they really are strong struggling with their faith or with any other human challenge that comes with growing up. Oh, 100%. And I do want to put this out there. If you're a parent of an older child and you feel like that foundation wasn't necessarily laid yet, it's not too late. Never too late. It's never too late. You can always start. Like today is a great day to begin. Mm. Um, But I do think, and especially as we begin to enter some of those older years and the teen years where we're we're finding ourselves now, myself... um, I think for me, the most important thing that we have to remember when we're entering these discussions and kind of how the Trinity plays into that is to surrender our fear. Yes. And to ground every discussion in love. Absolutely. Like unbreakable bond, right? Like the the love of the Father, Son, and the Spirit and their love for us is an unbreakable bond. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that we want to have these conversations with our children isn't so that they stay in line. It's for their good. Mm -hmm. And so that they and we might experience the fullness of life that God has to offer, right? Like Jesus says that I've come that they may have life and have it in abundance. Yeah. And so if we're grounding ourselves in that, it's hard, Mm -hmm. but it's harder when we don't have that understanding that what we are doing, we are doing out of love for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other piece of that that sometimes we overlook Mm-hmm. is that we maybe over-spiritualize some oh, of those fair. really difficult human mm-hmm. needs um, that can be really challenging for for parents as our children start, you know, having friends yes. and trying to figure out where their boundaries are and oh, trying sure. to understand how they're going to live this in a practical way in the world, you know, based on what we believe. And so we really want to try to balance those two things, right? Like your your spirituality and your faith informs the way you live in the 100%, world. 100%, yes. right? It's not an escape. Right. Right. Like it doesn't mean we won't have trouble and that we're not going to find ourselves in situations that are going to be difficult to Mm -hmm. navigate. But, you know, calling back to the last episode, we have the Holy Spirit with us. That gives us the the strength and the courage and the wisdom to do that. Yes. But also when we make the bad decision, it doesn't break. Like you can always come home. Yeah. Right, I think like that is that's that, really hard. It is though, to to try and instill that. It in is. Our kids I mean, because I think there would be very, very few instances. Obviously, like if the safety of our family was in, in question, mm-hmm. then that might not be it. But they do. They always test that. that yes, that's that whole phase. Mm-hmm. How much will it take to break this? And they go through that phase of like, my mom's going to kill me. My dad is going right. to be so mad. Right. Yes. And so you kind of want them to have a little bit of that healthy fear. Yes. <laughs> but it's that balance of okay, they will. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that'll keep me from doing something. But you want them to move from that into that it's just not good. Yeah. It's just not good. Yeah. But we want them to be confident that it doesn't break our love for them either. Mm, Yes. That they don't have to perform to earn our love. We don't perform to earn God's love. Yeah. Yeah. But the choices we make keep us in the path of grace or they separate us from grace. It's true. And so, you know. So we mentioned in an earlier episode about raising tweens and teens that there's a new resource out there now called Compass, and you can find it at compassforparents.org. 
Um, and it's loaded with a lot of wonderful resources for Catholic parents on all kinds of different topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and and every every resource on there has been vetted by a member of our team. So like you're not going to find something on there where you're like, oh, everything is great except this one thing that's completely against, against the way yeah. the church has well, taught that, us to do things. You know, the, the beautiful thing about that is there are so many resources out there in this wonderful World Wide Web or the Internet. And it is. It's really yes. daunting. Yes. So we've filtered this down for you. you right. know, we've kind of like put it through the sifter and we've tried to find the things that are going to be the most helpful for you. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there are a lot of resources on there that have to do specifically with our faith Um, but there's also a lot of really great stuff in there about these these like real life challenges that we're having you know those tough conversations that we have Um, and so one of the things that comes up for parents once they start reading these resources the question that challenges us every day is okay I've done my research I know what I want my son or daughter to understand about whatever this complicated topic is, you know, internet safety, pornography, you know, you, you name it. Sure. Um, how do I communicate it in a way to them that's received as loving, that yeah. is received as I want what's good for you, and also in a way that's effective, right? Like we want to make sure that they really receive the message itself sure. um, in a way that is meaningful to them, that, that they're like, okay, like I know that my parents came to me out of love and yeah. it came to me because they care about me and I appreciate what they're saying and I want I want to do this because I believe that right. this is something that I should do right right so two things come to mind first I think that we need to rehearse what we're going to say not so that it sounds canned and like you go into yeah. autopilot like it's not Siri talking mm-hmm. to them <laughs> turn left here but I do think that there is a benefit to kind of rehearse. Like, what are we going to say? What okay, We can be confident in the material so that we can focus on the delivery. Like, if that makes sense. Did like you, you read my notes about what I was going to say today? No. Is de- really- <laughs> you guys, I cannot stress the importance and how valuable it is. I know it sounds yeah. super hokey, but to sit down with your spouse and be right. like, okay, I'm going to be the kid and you be the grown up. Right. And actually, like. Be the kid. Don't yeah. be yourself. No. Imagine what your kid would say. You know your children well enough. Well, we've been through those stages, so we know, <laughs> yes. right? You know your children well enough to be like, yeah. oh, he is not going to handle that well. So definitely He's like, throw down. <laughs> that muscle memory, we're back yeah. at the muscle memory all the time. Yeah. Practice it in a way that allows you to realistically think about how you would say this, how you think your child will respond. That is so, 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 so helpful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But again, like I think sometimes we get caught up on is the what of what we're saying authentic enough like yeah is it it, so if we've got the what down then we can focus on the why and the how i'm sorry um and also the good news is that we're in multiple opportunities to do this so if you blow it the first time we'll have another opportunity yes and actually one of our team members giovanni Mm -hmm. talks about this all the time he actually cracks this joke when he talks to parents about this is like you can have like the 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 most well-timed conversation like he remembers having the talk with one of his teenagers yeah and then like six weeks later the kid being like we never talked about that and being like really because that whole conversation was very traumatic for me (laughs) and i can't believe you don't remember me even maybe it was so traumatic for them that it completely blocked it out entirely (laughs) so yes you have have endless opportunities and we want to encourage you to have these conversations frequently and make them short and simple right this should not be a one-hour conversation by any means no no so you can find um this guide we have we have it's called the guide to fruitful conversations and you can find this guide at compassforparents.org and we'll include a link in the show notes for you but what this really is is it lays out two things one kind of just like 
best tips mm-hmm. for having open communication in general? Like, right. where do you want to have these conversations? Where's the, what's the best way to start them? You know, like, how do we make sure that we're kind of building that foundational trust so that those conversations can be fruitful? Right. And then the second piece in there is about the actual steps of how to have this conversation. Yeah. And that's the part we want to encourage parents to practice at home. Absolutely. And I will say before hopping on onto Compass, the other thing, especially when we're dealing with our older children, is that I think at least my comfort is to talk. Mm-hmm. And so part of the rehearsal for me is to learn to ask questions first. Yes. And so that I think is also so important, kind of like that Socratic method, right? Yes. Like we want them to arrive at these conclusions on their own. I mean, when they're little, we do have to do the talking, right? Like the, mm-hmm. it has to start there. Like, no, you just can't do that because it's bad for you. And you just have to trust me at this point. Mm-hmm. But as they get older, I think we want them to discover the truth for themselves so that they own it because it's not what mom or dad says, but now it's something I have discovered and found to be true for myself. Mm-hmm. Self-discovery is so important. That's how right. they come to own what we want, what they believe. Right. right, and it goes from like, you know, just psychologically as they develop. Yeah. We'll go into the core of who they are. Absolutely. As opposed to who mom or dad are telling me I need to be. Yeah. So let's talk um, about those tips for open sure. communication. Sure. Let's pull up compass for parents. Dot org. <laughs> if you missed that, that's compassforparents.org. <laughs> A little loopy. Sorry. <laughs> but truly, I mean, these are these are good tips for any, any, any difficult conversation, not just with your children and even with your spouse, yes. right? Like, you want to be sure that you're in a comfortable time and location. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want them to feel threatened. You don't want them to be overtired. Maybe, like, don't make them feel like they're trapped in the car. Right, or stuck in the room with the door shut behind them. Yes. I mean, a private space is good, so mm-hmm. you can have open and honest conversation. But maybe take them out for coffee mm-hmm. or go on a walk. Yes. Right? Where are they most comfortable? Mm-hmm. And at what time? Yes. Like, don't like make maybe it the, not when they're hangry. Right? Or like <laughs> when they're super tired or first thing in the morning. Yes. <laughs> or, okay. So maybe there's like a narrow window and you're going to have to figure that out. Yes. But also, I would encourage you to have these kinds of conversations not on difficult topics. Mm-hmm. This isn't in here. This is just a... a thought um, so that when you come to them to have conversation their first thought isn't oh my gosh what did I do I'm in trouble have the conversation where you have a lot of other conversations right yes absolutely right Mm -hmm. Um, watch your body language Mm -hmm. I always have to you know like am I being calm yes (laughs) am I seated or am I talking like what are you thinking no don't start with what are you thinking (laughs) (laughs) but you know I, I think Again, like those open-ended questions of like, hey, you know, I just wanted to talk about something. You're not in trouble. But I wanted to get your thoughts on something. And maybe you don't even say you're, you're not, not in trouble. Because right? then immediately they're like, <laughs> We're oh, in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I've I actually just, had my eight-year-old say yeah. that before. Like, she's like, but your face looks like uh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So again, body language. Fix your face. So important. <laughs> right. Fix your face. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, like the next step is you know, start with their goodness. Start with their goodness. And I do know that that's something I don't do enough with my children is to reiterate their goodness. Mm-hmm. And we just, we get tired, we get busy. And again, like as we're building that muscle memory before we're having these conversations, just so that they know that we know, they know that we know that mm-hmm. God knows that they're good. Yeah. Right. Right. And then listen, start with questions. Don't go into a monologue. Um practice active listening so really taking in what they're saying and responding to what they're saying but confident in the material because you've rehearsed it and you're confident in the subject so that you're able to just be present and respond to their 
thoughts yeah. and fears and questions. Because I think a lot of times with these these difficult topics, their minds are not made up. They're, they're acting out. If they're acting out, they're acting out because they're testing mm-hmm. and they're exploring and, and they're, they're trying, trying to, to understand. Yeah, and they're trying to like wrap their heads around their right. own identity as individuals. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, without tiptoeing around it, a lot of these are around sexuality and those are so confusing for yeah. our children. And to know that mom and dad aren't going to get freaked out, mm-hmm. but can have these open and honest conversations and rest on what we know to be good, true, and beautiful yes. about us. Mm-hmm. But giving them that opportunity to ask the questions mm-hmm. and the hard ones and being okay saying, I don't know, let's find out. Yes. That is probably the most important piece of this open tips for communication. Never, ever, ever be afraid to press the pause button right. and say, I don't have an answer for that, right. but I'm going to get one for you. Or I might not be the best person to answer yes. that. Who can we, who can, who, what, what friend can we phone? Let's mm-hmm. phone a friend. Yes. Aunt Tara, you're on speed dial, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, Again, it's it's building that community of people, too, to help us have these hard conversations. Yes. And it's a great opportunity to go back to Compass and look for more resources in there because you know oh, what you yeah. find in there will be good. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So when we get ready to have these conversations, again, rehearse this first. Practice this with your spouse first. Um, it's Now, this is actually in a numbered step form. There are seven oh, okay. steps to a fruitful conversation. And and really what we want is we want is you to start. Is it because seven is the perfect number? <laughs> it could be. I, don't, I actually don't know. I'd have yeah. to ask the uh, the team that wrote this part but okay. um but but as you said before the important thing is to first ask some questions right. and and ask your children like what do you think about it what do you know about it um do you remember that thing we saw especially if it's about a particular event or something uh, you know sure um the topic has come up recently mm-hmm. so really being willing to ask questions and just listen to what they have to say what they're preconceived notions are mm. what they might already know about or think particular. they know yes absolutely yeah um, and then affirm what they said um you don't have to agree with it, what they said which i would say I think like acknowledge yes if that's really difficult just repeat right what they said right back so what i'm hearing you say is <laughs> it's such a counseling thing it is but it's so helpful for them because right. then they really know you heard that me. you heard them and they need to feel heard or they're not going to share anything else with you right yeah. um, and then of course thank them for sharing what they think or what they know, um, and then share anything you want them to know. And remember, this is all coming from a place of love, right? From from authentic desire for what's good, mm-hmm. and of course, asking them if they have any other thoughts, if they have any other questions, and yeah. being willing to listen again, and always ending on this positive note. Yeah. You know, Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Um, Promise them that you're going to get them answers if you had to press pause because they had specific questions you weren't ready to deal with, and. Sometimes if it's like a really complicated thing where you're like, I really don't know, like I'm going to have right. to do some research. It's not a bad idea to say, we're going to talk about this next week. How about next week on the way to basketball practice we talk about this? Or how about Thursday night when we take our family make walk? We talk, yeah, make a date that yeah. you're, you're going to do your research too and you're going to come back to them with more more conversation. So just committing to following up with them. Again, helping them feel heard and cared for is just so, so, so helpful. It is. And this is really where the rehearsing will come into play is that you want this to become muscle memory for you. So yes. it's not cheesy. Yes, absolutely. Right? You, like, you never want it to sound fake. No, you don't want to be inauthentic <laughs> to be like, I hear what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Like yes. if those aren't words you would like use your words, use how you communicate and, and you know the personality God has given you to do all of those things. Yes. And one of the things that I find when I remember to do it and don't go into my monologue of this is what the church, go into religion teacher mode yes. as opposed to parent mode. Yes. You know, is even when I'm presenting them with 
what I want them to know, doing it in the form of the question like, well, what do you think about mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. You're, you're saying this. Now consider this. What what do you think about, like, maybe it is what the church teaches about this. Yes. And so allowing them then to chew with and wrestle with, again, because the point is that we want them to own right whatever the conclusion is. Right. Especially when they're little, you'd be surprised. Yeah how much your kids have already picked up oh, yeah. you know we have a tradition in our house that i have so lovingly named breakfast theology or dinner so theology funny. Yeah. it always happens when mm-hmm. we're eating or mm-hmm. maybe when i have only had three sips of coffee at 6 a.m why is it always when i'm like i have zero shreds of patience right now yes and i'm not gonna lie the first time this happened my kids were very small and this was not like anything based on any type of professional education or experience it was just literally like out of desperation and and trying to survive yeah my kids said something about the trinity and i was like what do you think about it (laughs) because my brain was not awake enough to have that conversation and they had the most beautiful profound responses to that and since then it really is a tradition that's why we call it that because it comes up randomly in the most unlikely conversations is always at bedtime. Is it? Always oh, yes, at bedtime. bedtime. Yes, bedtime Which questions is, are always very deep too. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. But yes. it's like where I'm at where I'm at my worst. Like it has been a long day and I'm like I just <laughs> I just what do you think? Yes, but it's so Why beautiful. Are you asking? Because sometimes huh. they'll give you a Let's really to that. meaningful yeah. image or analogy that you've never had before. Yeah. And then that's a way that you can use to talk about it going forward that right. belongs to them. Right. And my 13-year-old's a perfect example. When we first started talking about his brain development <laughs> and how his it, prefrontal yeah. cortex was like, you know, not working well because right, it was right, getting right. rewired, he dubbed it his applesauce brain. Which is a great thing to use And now. that title, that, yeah. that phrase has like lived on even right. now. Now the younger kids even are like, oh, I think I'm getting some applesauce brain. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> to brand your own applesauce. <laughs> There you go. That's how you'll make your fortune. No, but truly, and you know, I know for myself, like my mind races when I lay down to go. Like I think about all the things. Mm-hmm. That's what theirs do too. Yes. So even, and I would say, know yourself. If it's a bad time for you, not only do they need to be comfortable, but you need to be comfortable. Yes. Like you can't be on edge when you're talking to them sure. about this either. It's okay to say, you know what? Those are really excellent questions, really deep and they're important. But mom's really tired yeah. right Let's now. Let's go to lunch tomorrow and talk right. about it. Right. Like, it's been a long day. How about we go out for coffee on Saturday morning? Yeah. Or we'll go grab uh, boba Yes. on Saturday and let's talk about it. My kids will be down for boba tea any day. They will talk yeah. to me about anything yeah. if I offer boba tea. That's Yeah, so that's true. my oldest. <laughs> so it yeah. isn't just about their comfort, but we do have to acknowledge that we have needs too. And that if some of these issues have triggers for you, mm-hmm. that you can you can bring in a a pinch hitter. Yes, and again, an important reason for role-playing this with another parent, with, right. with your spouse or with another friend of yours who maybe has already gone mm-hmm. through this type of conversation. Right. Don't be afraid to bring in those other super important adults who are, you know, part, an active part of your child's mm-hmm. life to, to get their input, you know, yeah. to get their, their thoughts on it or, like, even have them play the role of the child because they know your children well, too. <laughs> fair, yes. fair. Right, and I'm not even saying that we abdicate our responsibility as parents, but I think if we've had a negative experience with some of these issues in our past, yes. and it isn't something that we've, re- we've been healed of, and, yeah. and that there is some baggage there, that it's okay to pull in a godparent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a trusted friend to be like, hey, you know what? Is it okay if we have this conversation with said adult? Mm-hmm. Because they're going to be able to answer your question better than yeah. I am. And to, you know, and I think that humanizes us in front of our children as well to say, you know, mom and dad aren't perfect. They don't have all the answers. Yes. And that's okay to not have all the answers. Right. And to be authentic about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's our challenge for you guys this week, parents. Parents of any age, the the resource catalog on compassforparents.org includes resources for children of every age from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. And coming in this coming summer and fall year, we'll see resources for parents for young adults as well. But for right now, if you are raising children in school, you know, preschool all the way through 12th grade, go on there, take a look around, poke around, find some information that you think might be helpful for something that you're struggling with or something that your kids are asking about and give this fruitful conversation guide a try. Test it out. And I would say start earlier than you think you need to because the questions come earlier than I ever expected. Yes. So parents of really littles, Mm -hmm. I would hop on there and start looking. There is some really, really great stuff on there. And and any, a lot of the topics, if you click on a checkbox over on the side Mm -hmm. and you select a topic, there will be kind of like an intro article that will pop up on the top of the screen. And it's broken up into three sections. There's an anticipate section Mm -hmm. that's just for parents who are like, okay, I haven't had to deal with this yet but I know it's coming. How do I anticipate this and prepare for it? And then there's an accompany section where you're like in the middle of this. You're Googling this at 10 o'clock at night. On my phone. Yeah. Go look at, what time is it? Go go check. Did you put your dirty clothes away? Exactly. Let me just look at this. (laughs) Yes. So there are separate sections in there for those topics, depending on where you are in your experience. It's such a beautiful resource. It It really is. is. And you know what? Again, like what, what more can our church do to accompany us than something like this? Yes to give us the language we need. Yes, we're so thankful for it. It's it's really well done, and we can't wait for you guys to check it out. Well, thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. We are so grateful to be on this parenting journey with you, even and maybe especially in the difficult moments that arise. You, will, you help us feel not so alone in it all. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Beyond Sunday has been sponsored by the Pime Missionaries. The Pime Missionaries are Catholic priests and brothers changing lives and sharing the merciful joy of Christ with those who need it most through the Pime Sponsorships at a Distance program. Become a Pime sponsor today and bring lasting change to the life of a child, youth, person living with disabilities, or a seminarian. Learn about the impact that you can have at pimeusa.org 52 sponsorships.